Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Jameson. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. And we got an extra special tasting today, so we're really excited about that. Of course, with me as always is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad. Uh, been enjoying the weather we've been having here in Cincinnati uh, recently. Yeah, thank goodness. Trying to get out, get walks and stuff like that. You know, work outside, all that fun stuff while yeah, I can. Definitely. Um, lately, been trying to get all my financial stuff in order because I'm getting ready to uh, sit here and go through the whole home buying process shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Have fun with all that. Not want to pull my hair out during all of it, but you know. Yeah, try not to, but it, it <laughs> yeah. could be could be tough. <laughs> uh, that's why there's bourbon. Exactly, that's why there's <laughs> bourbon. But we're not doing bourbon today. We have a very special podcast. We're very excited to bring it to you guys. Uh, we try to do something a little bit uh, holiday themed. Whenever big holiday rolls around, we haven't really had a lot of those, but we've we've tried to do it a little bit, yeah. kind of with Thanksgiving and Christmas. And now, of course, the big holiday and. Uh, it's not just a big holiday, it's also a big drinking holiday. Uh, it's Wednesday, I believe it is, is St. Patty's Day. Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. So uh, we're really excited about that, and we wanted to bring you guys, yeah, it's, it's, it's on Wednesday. Yeah, we wanted to bring you guys a very special St. Patrick's Day-themed podcast because, well, St. Patrick's Day is a fun day, but we, well, yeah. I don't know where you live or what you're doing, but a lot of us maybe can't really go out and celebrate. There's This year, Yeah, you definitely can't do it the way you would normally do if you are going out and celebrating. So at yeah. least we're going to be able to bring, well, you know, we'll probably, I believe we're going to drop this one on Wednesday, correct? Actually, on St. Patrick's Day. Is that okay? Is that works yeah. for you, Andy? That's what I was thinking. Perfect. Yeah. So we're, we're you guys will actually be listening. You'll know it's on St. Patrick's Day because you'll actually see the podcast pop up there and whichever platform you use. We're on all of them, of course. Uh, so, um, yeah, we wanted to bring you some special maybe if you can't uh, go out and celebrate you can at least have a glass of jameson maybe have a guinness or a, you know maybe an irish red ale something like that yeah. and listen to the podcast and then enjoy yourself so this is kind of one of our bonus episodes holiday episodes so um we're really excited let's dive right on in andy go ahead and tell the folks everything they need to know about jameson yeah of course so this was this actually might be just in terms of broadly speaking whiskey this might be the oldest um the oldest brand we've ever discussed. Oh wow! In terms of age, so it was one that was founded in about uh, 1780, over of course in Ireland. It's an Irish whiskey. Everybody knows um, by namesake John Jameson, um, and who was of course originally a lawyer in Scotland. Cheers, uh, sir. Cheers. Well, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, decided, well, lawyer's not just enough for me. I'm going to go open up a distillery. And, of course, a lot of the, the out in Bow Street in uh, Dublin, Ireland. And a lot of the reason he did that was because he wanted to, um, it was something, like, he wanted to open it. But he, in his lawyer practice, he had a lot of clients that were doing distilling. So he kind of made those, I think, made some of those um, connections, if I remember correctly. Gotcha. Um, 
we're of course uh, to jump in real quick. We're of course um, not just excited about this because of the holiday, the fact that we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day. This is also the you know other than uh, very closely bourbon affiliated whiskeys. We this is really the first non bourbon whiskey we've yeah. done. Now we've done like in America we did we tasted the American whiskey when we did Michter's, but of course Michter's is a bourbon brand. So like we, yeah. this is the first one that's truly not a a bourbon brand. Yeah. It's, uh, of course, an Irish whiskey, and I believe, is it the first whiskey we've done out of the States? Yeah, it's, the the first, States? it's the first, literally the first non-American whiskey, non-American distilled product in right. general. Yeah, um, and of course, not and of course not a bourbon, so you know, there's yeah. a number of reasons to be excited about it, and we are going to be branching out here, and I mean, I think there's maybe a couple more bourbons we're going to we're gonna tackle before we really just jump right into all of the stuff. American, yeah. North American whiskeys, things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of cool to, to branch out a little bit and we're definitely going to be doing more of that here in the future. Yeah, of course. We've got plans coming soon to do all that stuff, as you mentioned. Um, so we'll be releasing more of those eventually here shortly, but, uh, back on top of the Jameson, of course, it was a distillery that he ended up, John Jameson ended up had, I think four of his eight sons joined him in the distilling business in some kind um he had john his one of his sons john jameson the second and then john jameson the third all joined jameson distillery and eventually incorporated it into uh john jameson and son limited and the early 20th century hmm. and then he had three other sons um start up competitive distilleries in um both in Dublin and then across Ireland as a whole. And of course in by the you know even though they were started in the 1780s late uh right around the time of course America was gaining our independence um you know they were very very quickly after that making a name for themselves as a, as a distillery. It was by about the early 1800s that they were actually they actually became the second largest uh, Irish distillers based upon um, total distillate produced. Uh, I forget how oh. much I forget how much the or who the first distillery during that time was or based on production volume, but they were producing uh, a million gallons annually by, by the 1800s there, which is you know in that t- short 20 years basically is very, very good to have been able to do that. Oh absolutely. Of course, um, and before we go anything, of course, something that they're very much known for, um, they're a triple distilled pots, pot still Irish whiskey. Um, I believe they're pot still at least. Or, yeah. Um, and by, but by that time, you know, that's something that they're known for. And have been known for throughout history. Yeah, and this is a this is a powerhouse of a brand. Everyone knows Jameson, yeah. of course, and uh, it, it's an it's, Irish whiskey. But it's actually the ninth uh, most sold uh, liquor in all of the U.S. Uh, if we're looking at whiskeys, it's actually you know outside of uh, Jim Beam, Fireball, and uh, Jack Daniels. It's actually the um, and, and of course Crown Royal. It is the like you know the what is it the fourth or the fifth highest selling whiskey in in America. Yeah, I mean this is one of the most popular bur- bur- whiskeys brands worldwide. It's um, oh yeah, it's extremely impressive. Yeah, I mean I mean that was. Um, I think as I think based on at least 2019 data, they're the third largest. 
Uh, again, based on production, total um, distillate produced, they're, they were the third largest single distillery, whiskey distillery in the world. Yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, of course, dropped down slightly since the 1800s there. Um, <laughs> you know, they were the number one whiskey by about internationally, from Ireland speaking at least, internationally, um, by 1805. So, you know, only lose two spots in... 200 years, something like that. Right, yeah, it's um, not too bad. And of course, um, second most, I think the second most, at back in 1805 at least, were literally the second most popular spirit in the world for the time after rum. Damn. Um, so, of course, very, you know, didn't take them long at all to really make a name for themselves. Uh, of course, they have had their issues. Um, there was a temperance, I forget when it was, I think it was the late 1800s, early 1900s, though, uh, you know, there was a temperance movement in Ireland, similar to what we kind of had here in uh, the U.S. with Prohibition. Yeah. Uh, and right before Prohibition. Right. And Ireland was a big uh, destination for a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, not bootleggers, but the, the organized mobsters who were kind of pushing yeah. alcohol sales in the uh, in the 20s during the Prohibition yeah. So yeah, they've. It's kind of interesting that they kind of had those kind of align so closely together, but yet they were. You know, they never really. You know, I just everything about prohibition kind of interests me. How no, people never really stopped drinking. It led yeah. to organized crime, oh. and and the way that they both kind of had their temperance movements back to back. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very much interesting that that kind of happened like that. Very similar way there. Um, of course, also. You know, Ireland in its war for independence from Britain, at least the Republic of Ireland, which is where Jameson is in. Um, you know, they did lose a, lar a large part of their trade routes and trade destinations, including the United States. Um, hmm. A lot, like a lot of their legal stuff there, or at least the legal routes and everything um, that they had due to removing themselves from Britain. Um, and of course, you know, prohibition did have its effects on their uh, brand and sales too. Um, America was, I think, the largest, largest um, spot for them still at that time as well. Yeah, I'm curious if uh, I don't know if Jameson was sold uh, kind of under the table to Americans who were trying to distribute it even during Prohibition, or I'm if sure it was some were. kind of other Irish. I know a lot of Irish whiskeys were. I'm not sure. I would have to imagine how with how big Jameson was that it was oh, yeah. sold that way. E even if it wasn't them distributing it, I'm sure so other uh, people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. other people were finding a way to make it get it across the border. For sure, for sure. Because of course it was you know it was something that like Scotch brands with the British trade routes during prohibition could get across the border, even during prohibition, um, you know, of course illegally for that time, but could make it across because of those trade routes from British Canada. Um, hmm. but I, you know, Ireland didn't ha have that, uh, luxury. Right. And of course, Canada was another one of the big, uh, whiskey distributors for Americans, uh, who were trying to illegally distribute during prohibition as well. Yeah. Of course. And, you know, even though they're on the kind of on the same side um, in terms of producing good products that a lot of us like to drink, uh, they've had their fair share of disputes even with Scotland and Scotch whiskey producers, um, basically over what the legal definition of whiskey is. 
which you would think is kind of stupid. Like, you're producing a good product. Who cares? Right. But it basically came down a lot to... Um, the consumers like it. They like it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It came down to which type of, um, you know, stills they're using. Column stills or pot stills. Which, of course, most brands will use one or the other. Or sometimes, with some brands, uh, you know, like Woodford Reserve is a good example. In bourbon, at least, that'll use both to an extent. Both types of stills there. Um, but you know, they have had, they did try have that fight and I don't, I don't know that it was ever actually resolved to my recollection. Um, in terms of like, which still makes it legal whiskey or whatever in that, in terms of that name. Uh, currently of course, eventually they did have to sell, um, I think just due to hard times and the family did not necessarily want to be, I think as involved though. Um, and they eventually, you know, nineteen about 1966, they merged with other county cork distillers in the in Ireland to form the Irish Distillers Group. Um, and then, of course, they eventually all, I don't remember if that ended up becoming what now is today Middleton Distillery, which is under the umbrella of the Pernod-Ricard conglomerate, um, you know, which is one of the big international alcohol conglomerates mm-hmm. i believe we've probably talked have we talked about them previously do they sell that, any other products that we've i mean we i know we've done a lot of american I, I don't know that they um do i don't know that they do a lot of other whiskeys gotcha outside of maybe like some other international like irish and um scotch ones uh the big ones in america are i think Di- both diageo and brown foreman and like one or two others Gotcha. Yeah, they sell Absolute Vodka, Glen Levitt, uh, Avion Tequila, Malibu Rum, some stuff yeah. like that. So they at least they at least have like one yeah. one other product scotch products we know. Yeah, and then they do have a scotch, and we just don't. We have, well, yeah, we haven't really covered any of those yet. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know Middleton Distillery. Anybody that knows Irish whiskey basically knows that as like the, to an extent, kind of now the mecca of Irish whiskey because that's where the majority of basically all Irish, at least all the big Irish brands are made like that, like Jameson, Redbreast, <laughs> I think green spot. They, um, they distribute, uh, some, they distribute Jefferson's and TX whiskey as well. Oh, nice. And Kahlua. So this is a huge company. Yeah. Red, you mentioned Redbreast, right? Yeah. Redbreast. Yeah. They do, they do, um, Middleton distillery does Redbreast, Jameson. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Sing, they got Seagram's gin as well. Nice. Yeah. They do a lot. Oh yeah. Um, and of course this is, that's also where the whole Jameson experience visitor center is. Um, which is a very cool setup. Yeah. It's, it's I, I've never actually visited, but it looks very, very nice. It's gotta be on the, the bucket list though, right? Oh yeah. On the bucket list for me to make there. Have you been to Europe? You've been to Europe before, right? A few different times. Where, yeah. where have you been in Europe? Oh, you haven't been, so you haven't been to Ireland? I've been, I've been to Ireland. Okay. Um, but you didn't been, go to Jameson. Wow. I'm surprised. Well, well, I was, I only, I only was in the, in Ireland. I was at Dublin, in Dublin for a few days. Yeah. Um, I did, I, I did get to walk past the, um, their old Bow Street distillery, which has now been renovated and, um, used as an aging facility and a museum for them. Gotcha. Um, is that where's the um the actual like visitor center where's that is that not in dublin so the visitors 
the visitor center is in Middleton. Okay. At Middleton Distillery. Um, but like the old Bow Street location is, of course, still in Dublin. Looks like uh, it's Middleton. It's actually called Middleton, Ireland, right? Yeah, I believe it's Middleton, Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, the big, you know, even though I didn't get to actually go see Jameson, um, I did get to see, you know, one of the other big iconic Irish it's really, alcohol. It's brands. really. Uh, which one was? Which I, one was that? I, I, I toured um, uh, Guinness, their oh, nice. storehouse, and that was in Dublin. That's in Dublin. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, yeah, that, that's cool. The Middleton, disti- or the, you know, the Jameson Middleton Distillery, like that's not even close to Dublin. Yeah, no, not at all. It, it's kind of a little bit of a haul for them. Yeah, uh, to kind of haul all that. You're looking at a three-hour drive. Oh, dang, I didn't realize it was that far. Yeah, you're looking. The, the actual distillery is more south. It's very South Ireland, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Dublin's kind of on the east coast, about halfway up the country. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that it wasn't actually in in. Uh, in Dublin, but if you can, if you're in the area, definitely, I would say definitely make a make a visit because yeah. it looks like a, it looks like a great facility, kind of an old school stone warehouse, uh, they, but yeah. it's super modern on the inside. I love they've got these Jameson chandeliers that are made out of Jameson bottles. It's really, yeah. it's all really really cool. Yeah, um, then that's one of the ones actually. Actually, I've, I've seen one of those Jameson. Uh, I think it was either a chandelier or made to look like a Christmas tree. Um, God, what bar is that? Patty's in the Alley or something like that here in Cincinnati. Oh, O'Malley's in the Alley? O'Malley's in the Alley, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of funny to see that there. Yeah, that's a very, uh, that's one of the top Irish bars in Cincinnati for sure. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I've gone there on, uh, no, actually, no, it wasn't. I've been there. I wasn't there on St. Patty's Day. I went there for Santa Santa Con. Santa Con. <laughs> Different holiday. Yeah, but that's what I definitely I was like. I've been there on a holiday. No, not St. Patrick's Day. Which <laughs> would have been a good. Right <laughs> which would have been a good yeah. day to go. But. I think I went like once or twice in college. Oh, there, nice. Yeah. Um, on St. Patty's Day. Johnny's uh, brother used to bartend there, so we nice. used to go there all the time. And his brother actually lived above the, the bar for a hot minute. Nice. So it's something, uh, you know, kind of just iconic, funny stuff. Um. And it's, it's something that, you know, they still produce it much the same way that they've always done it. Uh, triple distilled, pot still, Irish whiskey, uh, as they mentioned earlier. And it's something that they do kind of a different, their mash bills are a little bit different in Ireland, just in Scotland too. Because a lot of theirs are produced with um, barley. Like they're, you know, they the, don't. The scotch. Yeah, like scotch, like scotch is used, like both scotch and Irish whiskey use primarily, if not solely, barley. Yeah. Uh, and this is something that Jameson does. They blend a grain whiskey in to their single pot still uh, whiskey that they produce as well, hmm. using both uh, malted barley and then unmalted you know, kind of quote unquote green barley, if you will, that hasn't gone through that molting process to get some of those sugars activated and gotcha. all the science stuff to uh, make it into alcohol. Um, and then, you know, of course they turn it, turned it into a long list of stuff that they, uh, long list of different whiskeys. Uh, of course, the most iconic green bottled Jameson that everybody knows and, you know, if you if you put it up on a wall, like everybody would know that bottle. Oh, for sure. With that red top, 
um, and everything. But they also have a Jameson cold brew um, product, mm-hmm. which I think is just like a cold brew. Oh, yeah. Brew they brand. had that at the, the liquor store, too. Oh, that was nice. the other one that I was thinking of. I was like, they had the black label or the uh, they had the IPA. They had the, the black barrel, the regular Jameson. I was like, there's one other yeah. one. It's the cold brew. You get a lot of, you get that strong hit of Jameson at the front, and then you get that coffee flavor at the, the end. Yeah. I've heard it's very, uh, very unique and interesting. I've heard good things about it. And of course, as you mentioned, um, they also do the black barrel, which is they char their barrels for a little bit longer on that to give it a little, little bit richer flavor. Yeah, well, I'll say with Jameson, the or just I guess Irish whiskey in general, the that thrice distilling process versus the Scotch that's done yeah. twice, I think is it really does give it a smoother taste. Yeah, I really like it. Oh, it very much does. And it's and I'm it not a, a big lighter. I'm not a big. I actually poured myself another a little bit more of the Jameson here because. I liked it more than I remember. Back when I last yeah. had it, I was like, oh, I don't know. It's okay. Uh, and then I've been having some scotches recently, like Lagavulin in 16 and Open 14. And I was just like, I'm just not crazy about it. Yeah. Well, those but two. I like those, this more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those two are an acquired taste for themselves. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, Which we'll get to them. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to those eventually. Um, and then, you know, the two we're drinking today are the regular Jameson and then the Black Barrel. Gotcha. And then, of course, they have uh, an 18-year Jameson, which I don't remember if they continue to produce anymore. I've never seen it on shelves, at least, if they are. Yeah, I'm sure that's very sought after. Yeah. I'm sure Jameson has, of course, a huge following. So if there's ever an 18, they're probably people are all... It would be like if there were Crown Royal recent, released an 18-year, yeah. I'd be all over that shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I know you would. Oh, yeah. And then they have their Caskmate series, um, which they have an IPA edition and a stout edition where they age in... Different beer barrels, those two different beer barrel barrels there, and then a whiskey maker series where they have a Cooper's Crows, Blender's Dog, and Distiller's Safe. Um, I think that's just an experimentation line they're doing to kind of honor uh, a lot of the people in their distillery doing, you know, along the way helping to make what is a recognizable and famed brand. Right, than it is now. Yeah, uh, and I think I think those are only available. That whiskey maker series, I think, to my knowledge, if I remember correctly, is only available in America and maybe Ireland too. I think only in those two countries right now. Um, but I haven't seen those yet to know for sure if like where exactly those are sold. Gotcha. But I, I think it's about that time. Ooh, Legit, buddy, right? it is that time. All right, folks, make sure you go. We're going to take a quick break, pour yourself a glass of the regular Jameson. Then we're going to, of course, dive right into the Jameson Black Barrel. So pour yourself a glass of the Jameson. At least get an Irish whiskey if you don't have yeah. it. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, taste this bad boy. All right, now that we have our glass of Jameson poured, we're going to go ahead and start the tasting process. Let's start with the nose. A little bit lighter than... Bourbons, which is yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very, char- it's a very, it's very light on the nose, definitely. Yeah. Which I mean, it's very characteristic for Irish to be a little bit lighter than bourbon and some scotches. Right. Uh, like I think you get that, like I said, or you get that smoother taste because of the multiple, the thrice distilling. I, it's got to be a, a factor in that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. Um, what what kind of notes are you getting there? I'm getting a little bit of a floral note, a yep. little bit of a honey note. Um, kind of like some, check. yeah, like some stone fruit or yeah, some kind of um, some kind of me- like a melon yeah like, a, on there. like almost like a pear like that melony yeah I, i'm getting the same yeah, i'm getting kind of like lighter fruits like that is 
it's just it's a little bit more effervescent. But it's in very that way. oh yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, it it's so it really is light. Yeah, and that that's something. I mean, that's something that a lot of Irish whiskeys are you know famous for. Gotcha. Um, I didn't know that. It, it's just they're famous, and it, a lot of it comes down to just. I mean, different climate than what you're doing, you know, like distilling a lot of bourbons here in America. Yeah, um, of course. Or like what you might see with Scotland, with mm. their scotches and stuff. Yeah. It's just kind of a product of that. Definitely. Let's give it a taste, folks. Still very light, very clean. I get that. I get a lot of the honey and... Some of like a little bit less of the fruit, but a lot of the honey, a lot of the floral notes on it. Yeah, I'm getting a little citrus like fruit flavor, but not. Yeah. It's more like a honey vanilla like sweetness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. I like it. Yeah, I think it's very. I, mean, I also get a little bit. I think you can taste that malted barley a little bit. You can get that like malted flavor. Yeah, not like it's very toned down versus like a scotch, oh, yeah. which I really like. But I think you do get some hints of that. Didn't yeah. You? It's it's something that you know. Obviously, Jameson is you know famous, at least on St. Patty's Day, kind of being a shot drink, like a shot for right. like, at least in America, you know, like Irish carbons, right? Stuff like that, yeah. But it's it's something you know. It's definitely worth sitting there just relaxing and like actually sipping on. For me, like a decent one to just kind of sip on, definitely. And it's affordable to do too. I mean, it, in Cincinnati here, What's I think the, it's only. Yeah, it's only the, like thirty bucks. Twenty five, thirty bucks. I think the, the black barrel was thirty five. Okay, so it's not not bad, not terrible. Prices, so I'm sure yeah. that Jameson was probably like thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right, folks, we're gonna go ahead and uh, take another quick break, finish our whiskeys as you should as well, and then we're gonna pour a glass of the black barrel. Yeah. All right, everyone. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed your regular Jameson as much as we did. Uh, now we have moved on to the Jameson Black Barrel. And uh, we're, of course, very excited about it. So let's just dive right on in. Yeah. Oh, wow. Immediately on the nose, I'm getting a lot more of that oak. Like a lot more of a bourbon. Recognizably what, to me, I identify as like bourbon smells. It notes. definitely, Yeah, it definitely jumps out at you a lot more than the regular Jameson. I still yeah. feel like it's very, very light, though. Definitely, definitely heavier and and more noticeable than the regular. But oh, yeah. I'm still getting a lot of lightness to yeah, it. Yeah, you still get a lot of that stereotypical like Irish or Jameson specific whiskey. I get the oak that notes. you're talking about. I get the, the a little yeah. bit of the maltedness. Like it's like almost like a it's like a grassy malt. It's it's like a yeah. it's like it like a grassy of, like grassy or malty. Yeah, yeah. Note there on it, more of a grainy note. Um, yeah. Uh, getting a little bit of a little sweetness, but it's not like a vanilla. It's more like a caramely almost. Yeah, yeah, and that, that I think that's what I was uh, that and the oak. I think was what I was identifying with as on like the more bourbon. Yeah, yeah, stereotypical definitely, notes. definitely. All right, let's give it a taste. Oh yeah, definitely hits a little stronger, a yeah. little harder. Is it the same? Let's see. This is this is eighty. The black barrel is eighty proof. What is the regular? Is that a regular? Yeah. Also eighty. Regular, yeah. They're both eighty proof. Both 40. eighty. So we were talking a little bit before the podcast about the differences in them. Uh, can you break that down real quick? Yeah. So they're both the same distillate when they come off, but I think the I forget how long both of them are aged. Um, but the the regular Jameson. Um, 
you know, they're both triple distilled and everything, but then the regular Jameson, of course, is just done in their standard fashion. Mm -hmm. Jameson's standard fashion. But then the black barrel, what they do, as I think I was mentioning in the podcast, they, um, they'll sit there and char the barrels a little bit more to try and extract some of those note, a bit more of those notes from the barrel. Gotcha. On it. So, <clears throat> what you, I mean, you can noticeably tell on the taste and it yeah. was something that like John and I were even when um, like off the air were kind of commenting too like color wise there's definitely a, a darker more, like there's a, a lot more of a difference color wise yeah yeah and the I mean the black barrel I, I kind of remarked looked a lot more like a bourbon absolutely to me at least yeah it's definitely a darker one and uh, I think it has like you said that more of that it doesn't just look more like a bourbon. It tastes more like a bourbon. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting a lot of... What are some of the notes you're getting in, in the taste here? Yeah. Still surprisingly smooth. I mean, I guess yeah. for... But it still has a lot of... It's, I feel like it's a little bit more... It's a little more richer and, and, and more complex than the regular one. It's so, like... It's, so it's, it's more like... I feel like a bourbon drinker would like it more. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with that one. It's it's like if you stuck it tastes to me like if you stuck Jameson in like a second use bourbon barrel. Like okay, that, I mean that's kind of what it tastes like to me, or it tastes like almost like a Scotch, like mm. like a Highlands or Spaceside Scotch. Yeah, I get a little bit of that, of that malted yeah. flavor flavoring like a Scotch. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like I noticed. Yeah, yeah. So I, I get, but I got that in James the regular one as well. I feel like I'm yeah. getting caramel. And I'm also getting some, there is some pretty significant spice in it. It's just uh, a fuller I, body. Right. Much. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm still getting a little bit of sweetness, but it's in, in a little bit of like a slight hint of vanilla, but I'm getting mainly like that caramel, mar, m you know, like malt flavor. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you there. It's, it's, it's definitely more complex. Whiskey. Yeah. It's more complex. It's, you know, it's turned up. It's Jameson kind of turned up to 11. Absolutely. Bit, if I had to describe it. Definitely. All right, folks, that's it for the Jamesons, but we do have a very, very special surprise coming up here in a second, so stay tuned. All right, folks, and as the last uh, sampling, tasting of our special holiday St. Patrick's Day themed podcast, we are going to uh, try the Smithswicks and Sons Ireland Irish Made Red Ale. We're super excited about this. If you guys have a Guinness or really any kind of Irish beer, hopefully a red ale, something like that, go ahead and crack those open with us and we'll get started. Andy, go ahead and open yours. 4.5% alcohol, a ruby red brew with a gentle hot bitterness and sweet malt finish. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Well, alrighty then. That's pretty pretty tasty. Pretty good. Yeah, I I like that. I, Definitely. I mean, it's a red ale, so you know, kind of yeah. know what you're getting into there. Um, I don't have much um, information really. On, of course, we're not gonna do a podcast here on a whole beer, but we want to do a little something something uh, before the podcast, and then the Irish theme and St. Patty's Day. Smithwick's is an Irish red ale style beer. Of course, it is the most consumed ale in all of Ireland. So this is the real deal. We're you know we did Jameson number one out you know number one whiskey in Ireland. We did uh, the Smithswicks. That's of course the number one beer in Ireland. You know staying true. The brewery was actually founded in Kilkenny, Ireland, in 1710 by John Smithswick. 
and has been run by the Schmitzwick oh. family of Kilkenny until 1965 when it was acquired by Guinness, now part of Diego. So Diego actually Diageo. owns Diageo. Yeah. There you go. That's why you typically do the talking. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, yeah. so, but they, uh, they, of course, now own, um, they own Guinness and Schmitzwick. So, of course, they're very big into the Irish beer game. What do you think of the taste, Andy? I like it. It it's I mean, typically I'll say I'm very partial to a lot of like red ales, like Irish red ales. Um Smithix, I'm trying to remember, there's another one that I really like too. I'm blanking on the name right now, but um I you know, typically it's a taste that I actually really like. Um smooth, a little bit malty. It kinda reminds me of like a toned down toned down IPA. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit. Yeah, I like it. I think if you're a red ale drinker, you're 100% going to like this. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoy your St. Paddy's Day. Today's Sat. We're recording on Saturday, so this kind of is the celebration for St. Patrick's Day if you're really it not. would be our celebration yeah, day, yeah. Yeah, if you're not going to kind of do it on the actual holiday, which I feel like Saturday's always when they go big. The green, the river there in Chicago is green already, Andy, mm-hmm. so we know it's, it's St. Paddy's Day. So hope you enjoyed the beer, guys. Hope you enjoyed the whiskeys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you can subscribe, leave a review, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. We really appreciate your support. we got some other really exciting podcasts coming up. We're, we're really excited about some of the things we're going to be doing here with Distilled Discussions as well. Um, so we, we any support you can provide, we really do appreciate it, and we want to keep bringing this to you. We want to step it up even, do some, some uh, video versions as well. So, again, we really appreciate your support. Anything you can do uh, is really helpful. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey. And don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.